Hey, Bears fans, and welcome to a new episode of Bear Market. I know this episode is a, is a tad delayed, uh, but didn't have time to get around to recording one this weekend. So um, yeah, this will be out a few days later than I would have liked it to. But um, I mean, normally I feel like I would have expected, like if you asked me last week, I probably would have said, oh, I mean, anyways, I probably don't have much to chat about. But you know, Bears made a few signings. Um, we got a few things to talk about, some uh, draft prospect visits. Um, so yeah. We got we got a fairly fairly packed uh not not pretty packed but decently packed episode <laughs> coming up now um so yeah first thing uh are two new signings to talk about first uh I think and more important signing if I'm gonna be honest is uh signing a defensive back from the Baltimore Ravens Tavon Young looks like Young is set to be our new slot cornerback next year he played that role in Baltimore um well enough to to get a, a good contract uh injury plagued for the past few seasons but i guess the polls regime seems uh deemed that these injuries seem to be more flukish i guess maybe or maybe they don't expect a full 16 out of him uh, sorry 17 out of him <laughs> uh who knows uh but either way um, this seems like a very um high risk high reward signing uh, just because of the injury concerns but the talent is there um we saw great production from him when he was able to stay on the field so and at the at the contract that the Bears did get him for, I mean, you you love to make high risk high reward signings at, at that rate, right? Um, because it turns into kind of medium to low risk signings just because you're not investing a lot of money uh, into this player. So like the signing a lot. Um, and I think the the one thing I, I liked initially about the Eberflus hiring hiring was it seemed like the cornerback position like you know didn't have to invest a lot of draft picks or resources and it always seemed to be solid in uh, Indianapolis. So hopefully um, uh, we can have Young exceed our expectations, turn out to be a above average starter at Nickelback and stay healthy. That would be a huge huge addition to to our secondary. And I mean honestly, if we have uh, if we draft one more cornerback or have Thomas Graham or Duke Shelley, maybe even uh, Kendall Vildor if the the stars align. If one of those options comes fruitful and the Bears uh, can rely on them to start, then you have a pretty dang good starting cornerback room uh, with some depth. Like I know that Vildor and Shelley weren't lighting the world up last year, but they have starting experience and that's more than a lot of um, a lot of cornerback rooms can say. And so yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, we'll see how this turns out but you know as you know in uh, in this uh, in this nfl climate with passing so emphasized and uh passing defense uh being a big part of your defense's success you know it, it's nice to see kind of um, a path towards a um in a, a above average uh cornerback room uh now the next signing is a little smaller uh ryan griffin tight end from the, the new york jets um seems kind of fringe 53 signing uh, um, but we'll see if the Bears do draft someone. Um, him, uh, the, the new rookie, and uh, Jesper Horstead are probably fight it out for the last uh, two tight end spots. I don't anticipate the Bears carrying any more than that, just because looks like uh, they're going to carry a fullback this year, a uh, dedicated fullback. So um, four tight ends is probably unlikely. But anywho, um, Ryan Griffin comes over from the Jets. He's been he's been around the league. I think this may be one of the older signings that Pulse has made. Um, Griffin is one of the older players that pulls assigned this offseason. Um, I think uh, there were a few um, few rumblings around wondering, hey, why didn't we just re-sign Jesse James? He's younger, probably the same, similar price. Um, did 
well for us last year in, in his role. I think the answer is, uh, you know, it looked like the the regime was looking for some kind of a tight end presence who would be a little bit stronger in the run game, uh, a little bit stronger blocking. And I, I mean, as as well as uh, James Mesh with Fields for uh, for a few games, I don't think that Jesse James was that kind of presence that they wanted. I mean, you already have um, Komet, who's a decent pass catcher, and Horstead, who's literally a converted wide receiver. So your tight end room was pretty good with um, receiving threats. So I, the move doesn't make sense to me. Um, but yeah, like I said, um, no point in getting mad about it at all. Because, I mean, not only that's, is that like kind of stupid to get mad over um, probably at best um, tight end two. I mean, he might not even make the 53. So yeah, I mean, these are the kind of sightings that are happening now. Um, and I'd like to remind fans that uh, these signings may still continue to come in um, up to the draft. And most likely, we'll have to wait until the draft to, to see a lot of the bigger names go off uh, come off the market. But um, until the draft, uh, yeah, I, I feel like it, it's free game until then. Um, I think if, uh, if Poles finds any um, bargains, he'll definitely pounce on them surprised that he hasn't made more of a dent uh in skill positions but you know the, the market was was rough for that you know um and especially with what polls and ibrafluis have talked about with the the running back position wanting it to to have a little variety i'm i'm anticipating uh either a draft pick or a um, another signing coming in to the running back room kind of maybe to fill that um speedster Tariq cohen um role because you have montgomery and uh, herbert who are great running backs don't get me wrong but they're not, they're not really burners. You're, they're not a explosive play waiting to happen like uh, Tariq Cohen was. So um, yeah, let's let's we uh, can see what happens. But um, for now, um, probably if I had to assume, we might see like one or two like kind of under two million dollar type deals happening uh, before the draft. But I think the next thing um, that's really should be on a lot of uh, football NFL fans' mind is uh, the draft, right? Um, so yeah, um, with the Bears at least, uh, probably not going to see them on day one. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I hope I don't see them on day one. And I think a lot of fans would f- share that sentiment. I mean, it would be, I know the dopamine kind of hit would be, would be nice to see them trade into the first round and grab one of those wide receivers. Uh, but I just uh, going off of, uh, what Bowles has emphasized in his, uh, public statements and just uh i mean what bears fans have had to endure the past um however many years paces here past uh six seven years i i mean i don't anticipate um any kind of massive trade up if anything uh if there's any kind of activity on the bears front probably gonna see a trade down um i think a lot of um, bears media anticipating a trade down from 39 i don't know particularly if we want to lock that in as a for sure trade down because you know yes um that pick is valuable and that's where teams will want to trade up with it but at the same time uh like yeah 39 is basically a first round pick and you're going to probably pulls is probably going to be wild to trade out of that slot because i mean when you don't have a first rounder you're gonna you're gonna want like like 39 is gonna be very um coveted by 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 your team you know because you want a first round caliber talent coming in and making an impact so I, I kind of find it more, way more likely to um, that the other pick um, 48 I believe to be um, traded I mean we I feel like the middle of the second round um, is 
kind of you see a lot of desperation trades we saw with anthony miller uh from the bears um i think it's like when you're kind of borderline first round um talents start coming off the board teams get desperate and that's that's where i think the bears will trade down from but but you know all of this is speculation and who knows what's like actually gonna happen on draft day like not like no one all we can do is um kind of theorize um kind of kind of gossip about it but yeah um in terms of uh position uh that the bears will probably go for i you know up until now i i've repeatedly been frustrated with kind of the overreactions and the angry responses from bears fans but if one of these first two picks aren't spent on the offensive offensive side of the ball i think that's kind of going to be my breaking point to be like kind of questioning hey why are we not investing more into the offense like i'm okay with the bears not overspending on offense um for um old expensive pieces and free agency totally okay with that but when we come to the draft uh you know we can't roll out on on nobody's in our offensive line Uh, we can't roll out kind of um stop gaps at wide receiver and you know offensive guard offensive tackle and this is a big year for justin fields and you know i'm okay with running out kind of you know day two early um day three picks uh on offense but i mean if you are kind of depending on a camp cut or a, a post-draft free agency signing to play significant snaps for you on offense i that's when i will begin to start to question the methodology used by the front office because i mean i'm a huge justin fields fan and i want him to succeed and that will just make it super hard for him if if he's working with you know not much so yeah that's that's just my thought on the draft i mean i'm okay if first one of the first two picks is spent on defense you know um but if neither of them are spent on offense i yeah that's you know i mean like i said those second round picks are, are very valuable it's based um that especially 39 basically a first round pick like i i don't i want to spend that on a long-term piece that could you know help justin succeed this year and grow with them in future years and uh, if they don't pick someone like that i think it'd be a huge missed opportunity all right um so that's my thoughts on the draft <clears throat> i will uh probably next episode try to go in a little more in depth into my um more favored uh prospects um a lot of people are looking at wide receiver i think the the bears hosted some wide receivers um for visits and they also hosted some cornerbacks very interesting mix i don't know if i've seen uh offensive line yet which is interesting for sure um you certainly hope that they're gonna meet with some in the near future just because i have like i said it's a position of need still although yeah i mean i mean you got some pieces you got tevin jenkins you got um lucas patrick new signing uh but i think ideally you would want either one more one more guard probably rather than tackle um but i could see it going either way um but but you know that aside you really really want one more body and they're just looking at the depth chart right now um because you have both um larry borm and dakota dozier starting <laughs> and i mean it, they are not in the same plane of existence borm and dozier at this moment but uh so sorry that i had to mention them in this 
same sentence. Uh, I think it's a little disrespectful to Borum because um, obviously he has potential. Um, played uh, played okay last year, um, but even even so, you kind of especially with the new regime coming in, no no allegiances or no ties to Borum. You, you kind of see that as a potential. Um, you circle that um, whatever left tackle, right tackle, or Borum is going to play that position as a, a potential place that the Bears can um, upgrade at. Uh, so yeah, I mean we'll see. It wouldn't surprise me if they kind of pick a guard or center uh, in the second round or third round and then pick a tackle fifth sixth round um, to compete with Borm um, see uh, if they can find a gem uh, but it might even be the other way around you know they might be confident in a, in a late round guard to start and I think something that Bears fans ignore is that if you look at the the salaries of um, offensive guards they are way lower than offensive tackles I think even like more than half um, and I mean the reason for that is is it's it's simply not as hard of a position to play it's not as hard of a position to succeed at so you have a bigger supply of guards right so what that also means is that it's a lot easier for um, front offices to find value in offensive guards uh, to find guards who are undervalued and you know pick them up and have them play way above what they were what they costed so uh, basically what I'm trying to say here is is if guard um, if if guard is kind of up in the air, uh, not to panic immediately. Um, but yeah, I think uh, receiver is not the same way. I mean, I mean we've seen we've seen the contracts given to receivers, so I definitely want the regime to pick a receiver uh, in the second round for sure. But at guard, I really don't I don't see that as a kind of a red flag if they don't pick a guard. Um, like I said, it's uh, it's kind of similar to running back, I think, and that's what people kind of forget about. It's I mean, no one's going to clamor for a running back to be picked in the first round in this day and age. Because cause everyone knows, you know, they're, um, they're even if, um, you know, a running back gives you A++ uh, production, it's not that hard to find A- minus B plus production. And even if you do have this A plus production, how many years is it going to last, right? Uh, so it's, it's kind of it's different with um, guards because obviously they don't have the same uh, career length concerns that um, running backs do. But in the same vein, I think it's, it's kind of, it's kind of a... Um, there's a winning formula and that formula might not include investing a lot into your guards and you already have 10 million dollars a year invested into cody whitehair so yeah just just i wanted to bring that up as a food for thought for fans um and uh, none of this none of these opinions transfer over to tackle of course tackles are good good starting tackles are extremely hard to find as as most seahawk fans probably know um, by this point um and even bears fans have suffered through just horrendous tackle play <laughs> um but but yeah that's my two cents the draft for now um like i said um we'll, we'll probably be pointing out some some prospects that i like uh i don't know if i'll have time to get into any defensive prospects but i definitely will hopefully um have time to give you some receivers and or uh, uh offensive linemen so yeah um just to finish this episode off want to kind of quickly uh talk about you know what's going on with the cubs and the bulls uh and i know i, I know i kind of say uh, chicago sports update a lot uh, and i don't really talk about the the hawks or the White Sox. I apologize for that. I don't really keep up with either of those teams. Uh, yeah. So, um, but if there's something that you want to want me to mention, certainly um, comment that I, <laughs> I'll read it. I'll, I'll I'll think about it. Um, but I I don't know enough about those teams to to feel confident about wasting your um your time with me talking about it. But but anywho, um, the Cubs. Uh, they're three and two right now. Just lost to the Pittsburgh Pirates today. Uh, Seiya Suzuki has been. I mean 
just tearing the cover off the ball uh, his first um, five games. I'm very impressed. Uh, I still am not very confident in uh, if he can handle a you know 96, 97 mile power fastball yet. Uh, that still may have to come. But I was lucky enough to be in attendance of the game where he had his first home run, uh, just a hanging slider from a uh, Freddie Peralta. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I hope I hope um, Sam proves me wrong. Um, nothing um, so far has told me that. Um he will struggle with it in the future uh but i think for now and it's not his fault at all i mean he just hasn't been exposed to this uh, velocity yet but I, I still i still haven't seen him actually square up a, a fastball i think so um like like a like a good fastball i know he had a home run i think both his home runs were off fastballs uh yesterday when he scored all the runs for the cubs but i think both of them were like 90 91 mile per hour fastballs which is i mean probably more of the range that he was used to seeing in japan um so yeah um with the other kind of other players on the team uh kyle hendricks had a poor start yesterday or um was that today i think that was today actually uh yeah it was a uh, yeah, drew smiley yesterday um kyle hendricks uh, struggled today uh yeah i think you know we might be seeing the end of the professor days it was always kind of a you know tightrope that he was walking um consistently throwing 86 87 but i think he's down now to like 85 um on his average of velocity so it, it's kind of rough um i think his command has gotten worse and when you're when you lose velo and command at the velocity he was setting at you know it's not a good combination uh so yeah i'm hoping i'm wrong obviously kyle Hendricks has probably been one of my favorite pitchers uh, uh cubs pitchers in a while just watching him um at his prime when he was uh just methodically producing soft contact that was that was great to watch but um but yeah, uh, hopefully he can uh, get it back on track. I know last season was kind of poor. Um, not really many signs to think that this season will be any better. Um, I know he had a good first start, so that was kind of hopeful, having me hopeful. But just watching his second start, um, I think this is probably more indicative of where he's at as a pitcher than the first start was. Uh, yeah. So that's it for the Cubs. Um, Bulls first game, uh, a playoff game against the Bucks this uh, this Sunday uh, at Milwaukee. I it's a tough time to be a Bulls fan for sure. Lots of um, kind of tension within the fan base, I think. Uh, and yeah, you can't really blame them. It's it's been such a drastic comparison from first in the East to what they've been playing at since the All Star break, which is kind of you know almost as bad as last season if I maybe as bold to say it's it's been really poor to watch the defensive effort has been really shitty um the one thing I will say is having a veteran like Demar kind of he will he's not immune to making stupid turnovers or stupid mistakes but you know you don't you don't see him kind of doing it over and over again during a game which is which has been refreshing to watch um but I, I will say um um, I'm still I'm still a fan of uh, Nikola Vucevic. I know he's been getting a lot of um, kind of straight up hate <laughs> from Bulls fans for uh, underperforming this year. Um, and yeah, I definitely agree. He underperformed this year compared to you know the standard he said in the last few years he was in uh, Orlando. No one's gonna argue with you on that, but 
I think uh, kind of ridiculing a player for for putting in max effort and playing at a level. Uh, you know, we knew his deficiencies coming in. We knew what he was good at, what he was bad at, and I think you know those things kind of didn't really change. Um, other than his shooting, we thought you know we were getting this kind of elite shooting from the center position um, relative to other centers uh, at the very least. But you know it kind of turned into below average shooting, which was disappointing. But in the other facets of his game, uh, you know defense, passing, rebounding, those are all up to the par of what we expected. Um, so yeah, whatever whatever happened this past off season to cause him to lose confidence in his shot and his uh, kind of finishing, I think his finishing was also kind of poor this year but whatever happened that made him lose confidence in those things hopefully he can tweak it this this next offseason come back um strong um with the rest of the team i i'm just hoping that uh some kind of fire will be lit in them sometime this week especially with zach levine um with it with it being his first playoff series and kind of getting that sense of urgency going because i think the most frustrating thing is is watching him play off ball defense um he falls asleep all the time uh, leaves open shooters multiple times a game just because he started drifting towards the ball left his man you know uh and it's 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 ultimately frustrating because zach is such a talented athlete i mean one of the most talented athletes i, I think like i've i've watched like in, in professional sports like his bounce is insane he's insanely quick uh, his vertical is crazy like you know uh but just just these mental lapses and i don't want to say lack of effort but just kind of lack of attention to detail maybe is it's frustrating to watch um on the defensive side especially um and even on the offensive side sometimes he gets very careless with his handle um i i feel like i've seen him in many uh late game situations just kind of like dribble into a defender and like lose the ball and they just like kind of take it from him not even like oh like he the defender like poked it out and then they got it like literally kind of like dribbled right at them and then it just ended up in their hands kind of (laughs) a turnover um so yeah i i just i just hope that and and i know i just i just said a lot of negative things about zach i'm a huge zach levine fan i love his game i love i love uh, his athleticism like i mentioned um I, I just it's just been frustrating recently which is why i'm saying all these things but but yeah we'll, we'll see hopefully hopefully um billy donovan can figure something out i think kind of the fire billy movement has been just super stupid to be completely honest with you um but but there there is some there is some merit to being frustrated at um billy's coaching i think i think um coming in okc fans did warn us that and billy's a great coach but you know he's kind of slow to make adjustments to his rotations or kind of suspect sometimes um and i think you, you've kind of seen both of them in action uh so yeah and i mean sidebar to that i am not a great fan of being like hey like this guy is horrible at managing his rotations this guy's horrible at managing his bullpen like i i'm not a i'm not a huge fan of that argument because that's very result orientated like these kind of evaluations people will always be like if uh if a reliever comes in from the bullpen and gives up a home run or something to tie the game they'll be like oh my god like why didn't you leave the starter in another inning 
and then if the starter gives up a tying run in the seventh or like gives up like two base hits and then leaves the game it's like oh my god why did you leave him out for the seventh you know it's it's so result orientated you know it's like like especially with that reliever thing the, the statistics clearly tell managers that you should not even be letting like 95 percent percent of starters go through the lineup at their time that's people's um obp and you know slugging go up significantly when they see a pitcher for a third time in a game and even so fans will if there's any kind of blown lead by the bullpen be like oh my god like the starter should have gone another inning or something something like that and you know like nine times out of ten that that, that call is going to work out you know the the reliever is going to do better than the starter just because like you know this um times through the order of penalty right so um back to my original point with billy donovan and his rotations um i do agree that there's definitely some improvements to be made um but not because of oh my god like uh like uh derrick jones jr should be starting or derrick jones jr should be getting more minutes or you know things like that you know and not that it's just what 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 frustrates me is kind of the lack of adjustments like if if we've seen that this lineup for the past three minutes you know it's not it's not working well no one's no one's able to score yeah it's just damar and a bunch of other bench players and you know they're really like double triple teaming damar um no one else can score let's 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 sub in someone else or you know let's let's get vooch back in the game or you know let's uh let's get kobe in the game for some shooting like you know it's it's like things like that you know that's that's what frustrates me like the lack of adjustments from what you're seeing in the present um not like my macroscopic things like oh my god why are you giving why an x like 20 minutes like they're so bad it's like okay well yeah it's like if you just look at the box score at the end of the game you can be like oh yeah this guy sucked like um <laughs> but in the moment like hey we needed a shooter out on the floor at this with this rotation like i mean it's like that's the right move to make right so yeah there's my little spiel on is uh coach hate um and it's it's with the the caveat that i know that most uh coaches are are not great at their jobs <laughs> uh but but yeah i mean i mean obviously there's there's a lot of good coaches too and it, it like really um kind of makes my head hurt when i see uh meatballs like criticizing these coaches so yeah um anyways uh that's it from me today i hope uh, everyone enjoyed this episode um again uh, apologies on the delay for this episode being uploaded i don't know if i'll be able to um, release one this sunday again but I'll, I'll try to you know gather a few wide receiver prospects defense back prospects uh offensive lineman prospects and and kind of um also go through the list uh, of prospects that the bears have had visit and see if there's any match um if there's any prospects i really really like and have visited the bears and uh yeah we'll talk about that 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 next episode unless there is a surprise signing by the Bears, which I don't anticipate, but you know, there's always a possibility because Poles mentioned oh, um, how he's uh, bummed out that the Ogunjobi deal didn't work out because um, he wasn't able to spend the, that money on other players that he wanted. So maybe the quote-unquote other players are still out there. Um, and, you know, the Ogunjobi money, uh, I mean, half of it went to Justin Jones, um, basically. But, I mean, there's still a lot of money, I think, left over. So, yeah, we can see. Maybe um, might be in for a surprise. But, uh, but yeah, either way. I'll talk to you next week. Thanks, guys.